Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. Even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. This is the Bet Slippin' Podcast from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. What is up, Bet Slippin' listeners? We're back for another week. It's almost week five. We have uh, two days until Thursday night football kicks off. So this time around, I brought on. I brought on now. I'm, I might butcher this, but it's it's Jovan, right? Jovan. Yep. Jovan. All right, Jovan. Jovan. Uh, shoot, Alfred, right? Yep. Should have looked it up. Jovan Alfred. He was on last year. He was with DraftKings Nation last year. He's with uh, Sporting News this year. So. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us where, where listeners can find you. We want to do you guys due diligence or uh, do your justice for coming on and spending your Tuesday night with us. Hey, yeah, anytime, man. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Jovan10, J-O-V-A-N, uh, 1-0. Then, like you said, check out stuff on Sporting News. We're heavy into the football season, so a lot of NFL stuff, uh, college football stuff. And also, I have my own podcast with my crew over at Total Sports Live, TSL Podcast, and check out TotalSportsLive.com. Yeah, I think I've seen that. That's your thing, right? Yep. Sure. Because you're, you're what, Philly? Yep. Philly. So you're enjoying life right now. Us in Cincinnati, we're 2-2. Two and two. We're not as much. All right, cool. So the breakdown from last week was this was our second straight 3-1 and one week. It's kind of nice to say. It, it It's unfortunate because our one game that we missed was uh, I gave out Seahawks lines under. And what did that turn out to be? 70 or something, and it was 48 and a half. Otherwise, Bengals, Dolphins, under hit. Jets uh, plus three and a half hit, Titans plus three and a half hit. So we've been three and one the last two weeks. Nonetheless, that is profitable. So I'll chalk that up to a win. So before we get into the games, I got to, as Jeff would used to say, we got to pay the bills. So our odds this, uh, this evening are provided by Typico Sportsbook. Typico Sportsbook is a global sports betting leader and is now live in New Jersey and Colorado. You can make your favorite picks more interesting with Tipico's fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. New users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply if you're over 21. See site for details. And if you have a gambling problem, which is hopefully you don't have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey and 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. If you also do, I'm sure you can reach out to either of us for some help as well. On top of that, get your bonus today at usabet.com slash podcast. That's usabet.com slash podcast. So the bills are paid. Let's move on. We're going to handicap six games this week. Uh, we kind of got together beforehand, wanted to discuss the six games. So we're going to kick it off with our London game. I believe it's our second straight London game. The, the London game was pretty fun this week. I mean, the, we, we got a double doink and uh, 
they should be in store for a pretty good matchup. It's Packers. Uh, I believe Packers are technically the home team. Yep, Packers um, are the home team. So the Packers, so I actually wrote up the lineups for mine yesterday, and they've actually already changed a little bit. So I wrote up Giants plus seven and a half, but you're actually getting the Giants at plus eight, the over-under set at 41. Do you have a play in this one? I know this wasn't one of your favorites, uh, something I, I kind of like. Do you have a play in this? I'm Right now, I don't have a play for it, but just because of that line where we're battling between, you know, that seven and a half, I think it was seven and a half earlier today, and now it's at eight currently as we're recording. It's, it's, it's tough just because that's a lot of points. And like you said, we just saw how that London game went last week. And it, it it was very close, came down to a wire with a Saints team that was missing three of their key playmakers on offense, and they were still making it happen. Now, I'm not saying the Giants are going to do that because we don't know uncertainty around their quarterback position between uh, Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. So right now, I don't have nothing that I like really per se, but I will say the Giants are 2-0 and against the spread as underdogs this season, take it for what it's worth with the teams that they've played through these first four games. And then dating back to last season, the, the Packers are five and three against the spread when they are favored by a touchdown or more. So if you want to lay something, I think maybe going towards the Packers might be the right thing just because this Giants team, we don't know what's going to happen at quarterback. Daniel Jones with the ankle, Tyron Taylor with the concussion, only huge playmaker you have to worry about is Saquon Barkley. Who's been just playing out of this world this season. Yeah. So is. Danny, is Danny Dimes out this week officially? I don't think so. I think he might be listed. I think him and Tyrod both listed as questionable, yeah. Yeah, so I saw he had some improvement, but either way, that'll take a hit for him because a lot of his play is in his uh, is in his ability to run, which is weird. Yep. You, you don't really expect him to be a great runner. So the Giants have wins over the Panthers, Titans, and Bears. It's not overly impressive. I think what I'm betting on here is I'm betting on their coaching staff. Mm-hmm. They had that complete offseason overhaul, and they've looked way better. They've at least been competitive in every game. And Like, like I said, they're bringing out the best in Saquon Barkley. Um, the, I mean, he's the number one rusher in the league. He's averaging 463 yards. And I think the loss of Zendarius Smith really hurt the Packers this offseason. I mean, they allowed 167 yards to New England last week, who was able to keep things close. Right. And like you said, the Packers, I, I find it difficult for them to be able to pull away when they don't have that Devontae Adams-like yeah. weapon. I mean, Alan Lazard's not making he, – he's not going to make those big playmaking plays that Adams did. Um, no, nah, not at all. And then, like you said, I think we're starting to see, like, the chemistry, like, with Romeo Dobbs. But, again, he's still a rookie, right? So we can't expect them to – you know, be Devontae Adams light. And this is a team in Green Bay who we've seen them really, I think, in in game on Sunday, they really leaned heavy in running the ball. And I think that's really been this makeup of this team, you know, running the ball, using two running backs, you know, consistently with Aaron Jones and and A.J. Dillon. So there could be a pathway to the Giants keeping it, you know, within that that spread on on Sunday morning. Yeah, so I wanted to... uh... Check this out, and I forgot who it was, but I wanted to look him up real quick to do him some justice. His name is John Ewing on Twitter, uh, just John Ewing, E-W-I-N-G. He, he tweets out a lot. I think he's part of BetMGM's uh, data and PR per, I mean, just trust people's bios these days. But uh, So he said favorites of seven or more are three and six against the spread this season, which also helps. I think basically the point is that although 
Packers might might win outright. The Giants, especially the Giants this season, have been able to keep things close. Right. I think the Giants have also had a pretty solid defense. Now I will say Panthers, a Titans team that hasn't looked great, Bears, they've only allowed more than 20 – or they've yet to allow more than 20 points in a game, I believe. I might have to double-check that, see if what I wrote down made sense. But, yeah, so they've allowed 12, 20, 16, and 23. The 23 was to the Cowboys – so, they, they, I mean, their defense has been playing better as well with the improved coaching staff. I think taking seven and a half on a road favorite or on a road underdog in, in London just makes sense here. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I wouldn't blame you for on that play just because they have a guy in Saquon, even if, you know, Daniel Jones can't be a factor in the running game. If they can get Saquon going in this game to help eat up clock, that's going to that's that's going to be huge. You want to keep this Packers team off the all to feel as much as you can, and that's like we saw what New England did, right? They were able to run the ball, and if you can run the ball, you give yourself a chance. And I think, like, going back, like, that's going to be my biggest thing. That's like, hey, why'd you take the Giants? I took the Giants because the Patriots have no key weapons. They don't no, they have don't. a great quarterback, <laughs> but they were able to run all over them and take them to overtime. Well, if they can do that, a team with, a, I mean, maybe not a better coaching staff, but a staff that uh, at least much more skilled players – especially in Barkley, should be able to at least hang close. So I think Giants plus seven might be – Giants plus eight now. I'll, I'll take my extra point, my extra half point. Might, might end up being one of my better bets of the weekend. But, uh, yeah, that, that game will be thrilling. I, I like the London games. I like to be able to wake up and watch football. But uh, let's move on to our second of six games, uh, Saints-Seahawks. I'm kind of interested in this game, especially after what the Seahawks showed last week. Let me find the odds real quick. The odds are Saints minus five and a half. And actually, when I looked this up, so I, I did all my research yesterday and the uh, the lines were out then and it was four and a half then. So both of these have kind of moved a little bit. So it's Saints now minus five and a half. The over under is set at 45 and a half, presumably after what Seattle showed last week. Now, do you have do you have anything in this game? I, I guess initially I didn't have anything on the total, but initially that feels like a very high total considering how good the Saints defense has been. Um, yeah. Did you, did you I, add to that? I think, I think that, I think if I, I would, I would possibly play the total, I would possibly play the total, take that under just because that five and a half. It's so, that's a very tricky number with both of these teams. Like we said, the Seahawks, they played really good last week, but they also played a Lions defense that gave, that gives up a ton of points. And, and yards yeah exactly to everyone so when you see that i'm just a little hesitant and then we also got to factor in for the saints we still don't know what's going to be the availability for alvin Kamara, michael thomas and Jameis winston who are all listed as questionable hopefully we'll get something more clear later in the week but right now if i right now i probably i probably would be with you you know taking taking the taking the under on a total just because 45 and a half against a seahawks offense who they got guys, Geno's playing well, but like I said, that's Saints defense. They're not going to give up the yards on the ground that the Lions were able to, that, that the Lions, you know, gave up to, you know, Seahawks, to Seattle last week. So under, under 45 and a half, I definitely agree with you. That's definitely a play I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to lock in just because, like I said, that spread at five and a half, I don't really trust neither team right now. Yeah, I think my only, my only concern with that is just like, so a lot of times I do like to bet what the public doesn't. And it feels like that under, you're just going to see that one. Like usually unders aren't the popular thing is all I'm saying. So right. I think for me, I think 
this this isn't going to be a best bet because I don't know the the injury status. But if Kamara plays and Thomas plays and you feel confident that they're going to play, I would lock it in. I don't care that much about Jameis because I'm not sure he's that much that much better than Andy Dalton. Mm-hmm. But the the Saints have an elite defense. Cam Jordan was a dog if you saw him last week against uh, when Dalvin Cook even tried to do anything. So Seattle ran for 235 yards against Detroit. Quite simply put, some dude tried to trade me Rashad Penny in two of my fantasy leagues. Simply put, <laughs> they're not going to do that again. I mean, the Seahawks have faced two good defenses, San Fran and Denver, and they scored mm-hmm. a combined 23 points against those teams. I'm not even sure. I mean, San Fran might be the best defense in the league, but I don't think the Denver defense is better than the Saints, prob- at least probably not. It's at least close. Um, yeah, I definitely but- think – the Saints are going to be back home. Hopefully they get reinforcements. Like I said, I wouldn't play this until I – I think Thomas is a little less concerning than Kamara. If Kamara doesn't play, I probably wouldn't play this. But if Kamara plays uh, and this line doesn't get over a touchdown, give give me that. Chris Olave, those guys have been too impressive this season. Yeah, 100%. Chris, yeah, I'm glad you brought up Olave. I'm definitely going to be interested to see what his props look like for this week because I think he could definitely have – if, like we said, if we get Michael Thomas – then he's definitely going to have some opportunities to, you know, exploit that, exploit that Seahawks defense. And if Alvin Kamara plays, I think we got to, you know, if we get plus money for Alvin Kamara anytime touchdown, I definitely think we have to play that as well if we if we can get that good number uh, for them. Because Rashard Penny scored a touch, I think, no, Seahawks giving up four rushing touchdowns this season. That's like third highest in the league to running back. So if we can get some plus money on those props, definitely keep an eye out on that too. Did you uh did you by chance get a look at any props? Are there any props out? Sadly, there are no props out, and I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of angry about that because I always like to get an early jump on on the props just because we know the numbers. You know this best too, dude. I was about to say change. last year when you came on, you started giving out these props, and I swear, got, my co-host was like, "The hell is this dude doing right now?" He's like, we only ever give out totals and spreads, and this guy's giving out anytime touchdown prop. <laughs> I was like, you know what? We let the guests do whatever the guests do, but it, it was it was just a good moment. Yeah, I mean, like we you always wanna, like you said, in addition to spreads and totals and money lines, if you always can give people just a little bit more on top, like here's a prop you might want to consider. It makes it it makes the the Sunday NFL experience fun, which is already fun, you know, as is. Yeah, if you're going to lock into a game, it's it's definitely nice to be able to lock in and and watch a player as well. All right, third time, almost halfway through. It's time to move on to one game that should draw some eyes. It's going to be Browns-Chargers, so there's a lot of firepower on the field. The Chargers are minus three right now. It's minus 110 both ways. The total set at 47 and a half. Now, I have my play, but I'm going to let you uh, take the wheel here first. Do you have anything on this game, or do you look? Uh, do you do much on it? For me, I like in for me, I like Browns plus three. And I know uh, Birdman on Twitter, half man, half bird. I think, but I forgot the name, half man, half Birdman, or Are you something like that. On Twitter, yeah, yeah, that, that's that's my that's my guy. He's in our sports betting chat. Uh, I, I know he was on Browns early in the week, so I'm going to piggyback off him and take Browns plus three. Even though the Chargers are 2-1 against the spread on the road, the Browns are 2-0 at home this season. And they lost the game last week where they probably should have won, you know. But again, when you struggle against stopping the run, we let you know, when you let that happen, it's going to be issues. And I think that's going to be the key thing in this game. 
which defense is going to hold up and stop in the run. Because I think we got two of the best, better running backs in the league right now. And Nick Chubb and, uh, and what's the name? Austin Eckler, who had a big game last week against Houston. Now, granted, the Texans, but still a very good game. And we also got to know about the Chargers. What, what's going to happen with Keenan Allen? That hamstring injury has been kind of giving them issues throughout the first, you know, quarter of the season. So for me, I'm going to, I'm going to take Browns plus three because I think if, they get that running game, continue to keep it going with Nick Chubb, who's going over 100 yards in three out of his three out of first four games and had 118 last week against Atlanta. And if, you know, they get Jadavian Clowney back and Miles Garrett, you know, they get them both back to put pressure on that Chargers offensive line that doesn't have Rashawn Slater. I like the Browns' chances to keep to keep this game close and keep it within a field goal. And then Jacoby Brissett, I think, has done the job, too, as a game manager as well. So I think my only concern with the take is really just that who, who have the Browns played? You know, when, when yes, we look at that, correct. Correct. Steel, they're, they're two and two after the Steelers, Jets, Panthers, and Falcons. They could they could be 4-0 right now. They, they should be 4-0 right now. Um, and I hate the Browns. Like, they're probably the team I hate the most in the whole <laughs> league. So um, my play on this was going to be the under, and I think it's weird because of how much firepower is on the field. I can understand why team why, why betters might be like, eh, I'm not going to take the under here. Uh, you just got to think of teams, Keenan Allen, Austin Ackler, Mike Williams, Justin Herbert. But if, if we're being honest, if you look at the Chargers, they really haven't put it all together yet, especially mm-hmm. offensively. So they scored 34 on the Texans. I mean, congrats. They scored 10 on the Jaguars, 24 on the Chiefs, and 24 on the Raiders. I mean, if, if they win 24-21, it's, it's just something something that feels right because they haven't been able – I mean, that, that's all, that's almost what the sports books think is it's going to be like a 24-21 type game here. Right. So, um, so both teams also rank outside of the top 10 in yards per play. So although you have Nick Chubb, Eckler, Williams – like you said, the Browns are the Browns are giving it to Chubb often, and the Chargers like to keep it on the ground as well. So the Chargers are two and two at the over under this season, but they've topped, like I said, they've topped twenty four points for this t- caliber of an offense just once, and that that is a concern. And at the same time, the Browns, I, I think it's, I think you can still make the case that they haven't really played anyone. They hung thirty on the Jets. They I, the twenty nine on the Steelers was impressive. The twenty six on the Panthers was impressive. Um, but ultimately, I think the absence of Keenan Allen, Denzel Ward on the other side with Mike Williams, mm-hmm. just how poor uh, Herbert's been able to get the ball into the end zone this year, I think all that will build. And I think it's a pretty decent underplay here, especially, like I said, I like to play things that the public doesn't like to play. And the public is not going to want to play the under for this game. No no one's going to want to play that. And it, seems, it, it feels like it's going to be a good bet because most people I don't think feel like the Chargers have struggled. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think, like you said, a lot of people will factor in, you know, the Keenan Allen injury. Say, well, if Keenan Allen was healthy, this team would be, you know, doing, you know, X, Y, and Z. Or to say he lost to the Chiefs by three. And if you take away the pick six, then the things could have been, like, way different than they were right now. So the underplay definitely, I think, is something people should look out for. Just because, like you said, the public is probably going to think over, 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 over. But at 47 and a half, I mean... There's no problem taking that under. Yeah, so it's at 48 and a half. And they oh, would have wow. hit this. Definitely take that they under. They would have hit this twice this season. But I, I, don't, I don't know. Part of me just doesn't trust that 
I, I don't think you can really trust the 34 they put up on the Texans, especially because they had to kind of come back in that game after scoring it, 20 in the it, second. Exactly. And I think people also forgot about that, too. Like that game, even though they won by 10, it was closer than that than that 10 points. And they were about to yeah, cough the, it up. And the Browns grind you, man. What are you like Damian Pierce having 14 carries and putting that onto 131 yards? Like Nick Chubb is going to eat some clock and they're going to try to abuse the Chargers on the ground. And that's one reason why like your your Browns handicap feels spot on because if if they if if the Browns learned anything from scouting them it should be that they can't stop the run. Yeah, and that's been and that's been the major issue for the Chargers even dating back to last season. They've struggled to stop the run and now you you know the Brown, uh, Chargers defense they don't have Joey both on the other side so it's really just Khalil Mack on the other side but it did this defense that has the talent at all three levels still like you said just like the offense the defense haven't put it all together either and that's a that's a concern against a Browns team who you know they're 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 trying to bounce back after last week's loss that shouldn't have been a loss so if they get Nick Chubb rolling and then we didn't even factor in Kareem Hunt they get him rolling in the run game and the passing game Good luck to the to the Chargers in that one. And like you were saying before, I think there's something to be said about like a player that kind of just like takes what he can get. Like Jacoby Brissett, I actually have a friend at work that uh he's a big he's a big Browns fan. I hate him for it, whatever. Uh, I'm not gonna <laughs> hold it against him. But Jacoby Brissett isn't Deshaun Watson. No. You know, he's not gonna win you the Super Bowl. But it's kinda like Geno Smith. Like you really shouldn't bet against Geno Smith. I mean, Geno mm-hmm. Smith has a 77 complete percent completion percentage right now. He's leading the league. I mean, Jacoby Brissett, it might not be at the same level, but he's at 64.6%. So he's not a player that's like down there with the Justin Fields and the Bakers and the Marcus no. Mariotas. Like Jacoby Brissett is a serviceable backup and he's going to continue to be that. And I think against the Chargers, if they can keep the ball on the field, keep it out of keep it out of the hands of Herbert, they'll probably be fine. I don't know why I got stuck on hyping up the Browns, but (laughs) that's painful. All right, let's let's move on. I don't want to talk about the Browns more. That's just an awful situation to get into. All right, so next up on our list, fourth of six, is uh, Dolphins at Jets, I believe. Dolphins at Jets. The Dolphins are getting three and a half, I think, this one, if over any game we're going to talk about, feels the most like a trap line. But I think every everyone's going to see the three and a half. And I, I would kind of like to factor in, so you can get the numbers right now for the handicapping splits. But like me and Jeff have said before, like, who's who's bet? Like, how are you going to get – how's bet MGM getting their data? No one's bet on Tuesday. I haven't placed bets on Tuesday. So, right. I don't know. I guess that's kind of my factor in. So, I don't like using that, but – in theory, that I think we can agree that the Dolphins minus three and a half, even with Teddy Bridgewater, should be the heavily bet side. Yeah, it, I think it definitely will be the heavily bet side, just because, like you said, even without you know Tua there, they still, like you said, Bridgewater with a full week of practice under his belt, still serviceable. They have Tariq Hill, they have Jalen Waddle. I mean, we saw Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvernay was able to do against it against this Jets defense in Week One. Now they have to go against. Hill and Waddle at the same time, and then you got Kaseki at tight end. Definitely think a lot of the public's going to be on the Dolphins, and you and you and you can't blame them just because they have the weapons to kind of keep them in the game. And even defensively, they're not a they're not a horrible team defensively. And it's like you said with um, 
like we were talking about with Brissett, Teddy Bridgewater isn't going to win you the Super Bowl, but he's probably one of the best backups in the league. So um, I think there's something to be said. So the over-under, the total is currently set at 44.5. Miami's minus 180 on the money line. The Jets are plus 150 on the money line. So I will say this was probably my least handicapped game. I I think Zach Wilson looked pretty good down the stretch in the fourth quarter Mm -hmm. against the Steelers. I mean, he was a huge chunk of the reason why they were able to come back. Um, No, I don't really want to put that too much on the Jets. The the Steelers have been historically bad without TJ Watt. So... um, I, I I don't know. I don't I don't really want to bet Dolphins here is kind of what where I'm getting at. I, I don't really hate betting the under. The the Dolphins are have, have a solid defense. I think Xavier Howard and uh Byron Jones would pose a much more difficult matchup than uh than Minka and the the Steelers secondary. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I think just just all in all I would I would play the under but I'm not sure I have an official play. What what do you like more on this one? Are you going Dolphins three and a half? Because you sounded like you were hyping them up, but at the same time it, it like like I was kind of saying it's it's easy to it's easy to see why people love them. Yeah, right right now I don't have a play. I mean I might contemplate putting them in a teaser and probably tease them up just a little bit with something else. Just because I think they'll be able to if they if you tee them up, I think they still should be able to get the number to get the number done. And I think, you know, for the Dolphins, for me, it's just gonna be can you get the running game going against the Jets defense that you know is giving up 108, 108 on the uh, 108 on the ground. And I know the Dolphins struggle to run the ball, but this is gonna be a situation where there's no Tua. So you have to get that, you know, running game going. So right now I don't have a I don't have a play for it. But again, I'll be interested to see, you know, what player props look like, especially for Jalen Waddle and even a Mike Gusecki, see how, you know, those type of things shake out for, you know, those guys. And even on the on the Jets side, see what a brief Hall and Michael Carter props are looking like, too. I will say um, I, I think it'll be interesting prop wise for Raheem Mostert. I think he would be one mm-hmm. of the ones I'm most interested in, which I didn't know this, but his first name is Dominique. Never knew that. I yeah, never yeah, that either. Learn, learn things every day. I just looked him up to look up what his carry totals were at, and it was just Dominique Raheem was is his name. Cool. Um, but yeah, so he had a he had a season best fifteen attempts, uh, carries. I will say, whereas Chase Edmonds had five against the Bengals. I think that kind of goes to show where the Dolphins are wanting to be at offensively. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Teddy Bridgewater, they're going to want to back. That is a little bit bigger, maybe a little bit more experienced. Yeah. Um, and that that could bode well. A that could bode well for the under, but B I also think that bodes well for his props. I mean, he's got um, he he he's going to be the more experienced runner, and that that's what they tried to do versus versus my Bengals last week, is they were going to use, they were going to look to the ground more so after uh, two went down. Because I mean, if you watch that game, the the first drive they shredded the Bengals. Two was looking great. And then they had to change their schemes. I think you see a much more run-heavy game, and then they focus on their defense. So, if if I had to play here, I like the I would like the Moster props. I and I think it's probably going to be ungodly low. I mean, I think it'll be like forty something if I had to bet. I don't know what it was last week. He hit sixty nine, um, but every time he's got more over ten carries, he's had over four point five yards per carry average, and I think he gets the attempts here. 
Definitely. I, I agree with you. I, that's definitely something I'm going to look out for because, like you said, if he's going to get the attempts and whip Waddle and Hill and even Gasecki commanding the attention that they're going to command in the passing game, Jets are going to protect to make sure nothing goes over the top and they're going to try to make sure they don't get beat in the passing game. So, like you said, this could be a huge chance for Mostert to really exploit that Jets defense, which is yeah, and, perfect. And he's, he's kind of been an afterthought a lot this season. I mean... He had five in the first one, five carries, and then 11, and then eight. I mean, he had 15 in the last one. Chase Edmonds is more of the passive catching back, so mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting. He's he's probably my favorite prop to watch if I had to, if I had to pick one on this game. All right, so let's move on to uh, my favorite team and the one that I'm most excited to talk about, the Cincinnati Bengals. So the Cincinnati Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens, they're getting uh, Sunday night football this not to brag, but this will be the Bengals' second straight primetime game. Um, the spread is currently set at three and a half, which I uh, I do some writing for SB Nation um, over at Cincy Jungle. I don't know if you've heard of their um, – well, obviously you've heard of theirs because DK Nation was part of that. Um, so Cincy Jungle is part of that, and we, we had a group chat, and I think a lot of people were shocked at this three and a half. Um, especially because we destroyed a Ravens team that was relative one time we destroyed them last year on the road and they were relatively healthy then. Mm-hmm. Now, when they came down to our place, I forget who the quarterback was, but um, what was that guy's name? It had to be um, Huntley, Trevor right? Huntley. Trevor, Trevor Taylor Huntley? Tyler Huntley. Tyler Huntley, yeah, yeah. So he was he was playing and then it wasn't close, but they, they did beat them handily once already, so – Three and a half plus three and a half almost feels like a trap line here. The over under set at forty eight. Um, do you have a play in this game? Do you do much much research on it? For me, the play in this game, and I dug through all the team props and things like that. For me, I'm, I'm liking the team total, which I found at twenty one and a half for the Bengals. I think this Ravens defense has not looked good at all. Like they've given up yards, they've given up big plays. And they pretty much fall have fallen apart in the second half a couple of times. And that's very concerning for a team that has that's very good in the secondary. And I think the Bengals, everybody knows the Bengals, they they can score points. I think they have the we all we already know they have the playmakers at wide receiver, running back Joe Mixon, even Hayden Hurst is getting into the is getting into the mix. And if they can protect Joe Burrow, then I think he'll be able to have a good game. I don't think, you know, he could have three touchdowns in this game, which gets us close to the number. Shoot, but he can even give you two touchdowns, and I think they can still make up this in total with even Evan McPherson, who I've been enjoying playing his props a lot this season because he's just been automatic. It can get you six to nine points right there. So right now I have uh, the Bengals team total uh, over, I think it's a 21 and a half now, I and mean, I got it at 22 and a half at another book. But if it's at 21 and a half, definitely take because I think the Bengals will put up points on Sunday. Yeah. So I'm just going to piggyback off that. I mean, you, you did all the work for me. Why, why do I even need to say anything? Uh, I was going to play the team total or the, the game total over 48. So the Bengals, oddly, are the only team in the NFL without over having hit yet. And But it, it's been primarily because of their offense. And then as their offense has clicked, there's been a, a plethora of other things that have happened. Mm-hmm. So let's look at this real quick. Week all right, let me pull. Let me pull it up. Week one, they played the Steelers. Steelers, great defense with T.J. Watt. Watt abused them. Week two, they played uh, the Cowboys. Their offense didn't get going. They scored seventeen. Week three, their offense gets going. They scored twenty-seven, but it's on the Jets. So the Jets don't really put up points and they don't cover. Week four, their offense gets going again. They've scored twenty-seven points in the last two weeks, but 
their opponent hasn't been able to keep up. Last week, the Dolphins would have blasted the over if Tua stayed healthy. I mean, they were they were on track. I don't. Did you watch that game? Yep. It, it felt like I mean, it felt like Tua Tua scored in two minutes. I don't yeah. know what the actual numbers are, but his first possession, like the Bengals, it seemed like the Bengals had to grit out that Joe Mixon touchdown, and Tua was just like, oh. Six open receivers touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the the Bengals are really. I think it, it was just a slow start. I mean, they scored twenty and then seventeen, but they've scored twenty seven in two straight games. Um, and the Ravens have hit at least twenty in every game, or um, they've hit twenty in every game, but they've also allowed over twenty three in three of the four. So yep. their defense, they, they came into the league with what should have been one of the best secondaries in the league, but they're allowing six point two yards per play, which is in the bottom five of the NFL. So I'm I'm gonna play the over forty eight here. I it, it's sad because I can almost guarantee you this is gonna be the public favorite, but I think a lot of the times where the betting splits matter more is probably on the spread because I think generally speaking if you think about why you fade the public, it's because all the money's one place. Well, I don't really know if there'll even be that much money on the total in right. in, in proportion. Um, so even even if it's a huge public favor, I, I still like it. I can't find a reason to think that the Bengals offense is going to slow down against the Ravens defense that hasn't proven anything. And similarly, Lamar Jackson's good enough to where you, you just can't, you don't want to bet against him getting at least 20. I mean, he's got 20 every game. If he gets t- 23, all all you got to do is hit your team total and it's the over. So I, I think it's a good way to play it. Oh, no, the total is definitely a good play to play. Because like you said, the Bengals offense is starting to figure it out and kicking in the high gear. And then Baltimore, they've, you know, proven to everybody that they can also throw the ball too and score points, you know, through the air with Mark Andrews, you know, with Rashad Bateman, with Devin DuVernay. And that's not even what a running game that's really hasn't even started to get going yet. So, Definitely that old, like you said, the over might be the public play, but shoot, I mean that's probably a very good play in a in a in a okay slate on week five. Yeah, and the Bengals haven't really played a good tight end yet. Um, a lot of their defense was similar to last year, but it's still hard because Lamar's a different player. They had Huntley in for some last year. It, it's yep. it's hard to compare what they were, what the Ravens were specifically last year as compared to this year. Now, the Bengals have a lot of similarities, especially defensively. Um, their offensive line was completely retooled, but they, they have a lot of similarities, especially defensively. Um, but but it's really hard to to see where the Ravens are going to stack up, especially against some of these AFC North teams that they'll see twice. Um, all right, cool. Well, that was my favorite game to handicap. So uh, <laughs> let's move on to uh, Sun- Monday Night Football. Monday Night Football is a good game this week. Sometimes, sometimes the Monday Night Football game busts. Last yesterday was pretty good with the Forty Nine. I felt like a good, high quality game with Forty Nine ers Rams. Um, so the Chiefs Raiders. It's Raiders at Chiefs, I believe. Um, the line is seven, so the Raiders are getting seven. Raiders are plus seven. Chiefs are minus seven. The totals sky high, and I don't know if I could even suggest playing the under this. Um, but the total set at fifty point five. I feel like after what the I, I wasn't even going to me, meaning to get into this right now, but I think after what what the Chiefs did last year, I think or last week, I think there's no way you you play the under. But I'm sure as hell not playing an over at fifty point five where everyone's going to bet it. 
Yeah, this no, my handicap from 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 the last game really doesn't do justice here. But I'm I'm not playing the over. I think if I play anything, it's probably Raiders plus seven. I think they're better than they've shown. Um, but but what do you think? Yeah, no. If I had to choose a side, that's the way I would. That's the way I would be leaning to with Raiders. You know, plus the seven, just because, like you said, they've played better than what their one and three record. You know, indicated the Chargers game in Week One where they lost by five points. They could have easily won that game if the, if Derek Carr didn't have you know the multiple turnovers and if the offensive line could have held up against that you know good Chargers defensive line with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. The Cardinals game in Week Two. They should have won that. If if they don't give it up <laughs> like they did. Yeah, they literally. That was disgusting. That's what I'm saying. If they should have won against so We're looking at 2-0. Tennessee, they start out bad, but then they pick it up. Again, bad start, but they finish strong. And then Denver, they go ahead and handle, and they go ahead and handle their business, you know, get Josh Jacobs going on the ground. They could. This is. This should be a team better than one and three. And then you hope that Hunter Renfro is back. He is still listed as questionable. And if they, hopefully, they can get him back with it being a longer week. If they get him back, then you got to give the Raiders a chance here at plus seven. And even they have, even though they have, they have a coach who had a head coach that's had a couple of coaching opportunities before, but he's not. This is not his first, you know, rodeo. He knows how to attack this you know kc defense which you know they give up points too they gave up 31 last week to the bucks so yeah so that's where actually my handicap comes in a little bit so the saints lot or the the chiefs lost their top safety and corner this offseason yep. and i think that's where you really gotta you really gotta make your handicap is the chiefs opponent's completion percentage is the second worst in the league there's only two teams in the league that have an opponent's completion percentage north of 70 and one of them is the the, the chiefs they they just don't They've been able to to maybe stop teams or limit them, but they haven't been able to really really stop these drives. I I don't even think that one made sense. But so the Chiefs ripped um, Las Vegas both times last year. But in 2020, the Raiders won a game. They were less talented than they are now, and they also would have covered a seven point spread in the other game. So Las Vegas, we we can both agree, Las Vegas isn't the better team, but they shouldn't be touchdown underdogs and i think it goes back to the whole teams that are touchdown favorites are three and six i don't think we see a blowout here and i think i think this is a great point the only game of the day i think this is a great place to play hey um the the public is going to be all over the chiefs after what we saw last week and the raiders being one and three it's i i'm gonna play the i would almost guarantee i play raiders plus seven when it comes down to it Oh, yeah, same thing. I'm definitely – I'm going to lock in Raiders plus seven. I'm going to lock it in on the action app. I'm going to lock it in multiple places because, like you said, that's going to be such a public play. Like, everybody's going to just – And I get it. Like, like deep down, I get it. You can't – after what Patty showed last week, you're not going to bet against him, and especially at home, Andy right. Reid. But at the same time, the Raiders were able to get Josh Jacobs going. If they can figure that out, if they maybe start involving Darren Waller and Devontae Adams at all, Come on. which is insane because Darren Waller is a top five tight end in the league, and he has like 10, 10 targets this season. I have him on a fantasy team, if you can't tell. like <laughs> Trust me, I have, me I have George Kittle on my fantasy team, so I understand the pain right now. Yeah, like my man has 16 receptions through four games, and – he hasn't even touched over 80 yards. Like, come on. Like, if not, if you're Waller at 6'6", 260, he, he should be lighting some of these teams up. So, I, I mean, I do expect Derek Carr to be better. 
he he has to be better. And if Derek Carr does not turn over the football, which was his big, you know, bugaboo, you know, earlier in the year against the against the Chargers, another division opponent, if he plays clean football, then this then this then this Raiders team should be able to keep it close. Like we said, I don't know if they're going to pull the upset per se, but Monday night on the road, they really do not have nothing to lose. They have everything to gain here against a Chiefs team that's coming off an impressive game over Tom Brady on um on what? On Sunday night and now they go back on Monday night. So hey, Raiders are starting to tr- if they can get this win, it's going to do a lot of confidence for them, especially after beating the Broncos the way that they did. Yeah, no, I completely agree. All right, cool. Well, let's wrap it up. I got a little cue. We're going to go to the window. Do you have some best bets ready? I don't know if I remember I told you. Yes. Tell you. All right, cool. Well, here's a little. The Best Slipping Podcast. Going to the window. All right, let that play out. And I don't know why Jeff started this, but we're at the window. I have five. I have two totals, three sides. What do you got? I have... I have Browns plus three. I'm going to do that. I'm going to take the team total for the Bengals uh, at 21 and a half. And I'm going to lock in Raiders plus seven. All right. I got, we're, we're kind of saying these on some of these. So I'm going Raiders plus seven, Saints minus five and a half, Giants plus eight, Browns Chargers under 48 and a half, and Bengals Ravens over 48. I like those five. Again, thank you for coming on. Um, to our all to all our listeners, please like, review, subscribe to our podcast. Um, thank you, Jovan. Um, again, just appreciate your time. Hey, no problem, man. Anytime. All right, let's do it again. Thank you to all the listeners. Again, have a good rest of your day and uh, good rest of your night, wherever, whenever you're listening to this, and uh, we'll catch you next week. See you. Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.